Amen. I believe that song describes it well, that our God is greater, our God is healer, our God is power, our God is all-powerful. In our readings, as we've been reading through the Bible this year, the last few days, a repetitive thing is our God is the only God. There's no other God. They might be making their own gods and, and then burning them, but understanding that the one true God The Elohim, the creator of the universe, is the only true God. It doesn't matter what we want to put in our life, what we seek after, what we try to do. Nothing works without the one true God. We can let anything try to fill a vacancy, but the void is never filled until it's filled with the correct thing. Once said the square peg won't go through a round hole. There is a void in human life until it is filled with the holy God. It doesn't matter, as I said, what tries to get put in there, sports, fun, games, ball, drugs, alcohol, sex, nothing fills and satisfies the void until what it was created for, the place for Jesus to come is filled. Then we're satisfied. Then we can live joyfully. Then we can live in right standing and fellowship with the Lord. Today, I want us to take a look at what is the most important message in the world. And we're going to see a part of what that most important message in the world and how important it was to these men who were being persecuted for what this most important message was. And the title of today's message is The Rise and the Fall. And we have seen nations around the world come to rise as Rome. And we've seen nations as Rome fall. We have seen the rise of empires, kings and queens, and we have seen the fall of kings and queens. We have seen the rise of business and economies, and we've seen the fall of business and economies. We've seen the rise in leadership positions to great titles in men and women around the world, and we've seen them all fall. But there is the rise of the kingdom of God, and it will not fall. And today, we're going to look at the the rising and the falling. If you'll take your Bibles and open them to the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 33. And as you're turning there, remember, we're making our way through the book of Acts beginning chapter 5 and verse 33 today, as we look at what the church is. And we're going to see, maybe through the underlying of this, what the most important message of the world is. And I believe to the apostles, if you remember last week, they had been arrested for preaching the most important message of the world, that Jesus Christ is resurrected and that salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. That church is the most important message of the world. And these gentlemen believed that. They were apostles, which means they were eyewitnesses. They were there to be an apostle. They had to have seen Jesus, experienced the crucifixion, and seen him resurrected again. That's what an apostle is. They were an eyewitness. They have been preaching this message ever since Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. The power of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost came upon them, and there's been no one that's been able to stop them. 
They were arrested previously, uh, a couple of them, and said, don't preach this message anymore. Go on and be about your way. Well, what did they do? They immediately returned and began to preach that. They were then arrested. Angel came, opened the gate. They got out of prison. They continued to preach. And now here they are back before the group. They have been arrested. And let's look at verse 33. If you would please stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Acts chapter 5, verse 33. But when they had heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. Now let me pause there just a moment. What was this that they had heard? Verses 31 and 32, right above it. The uh, apostles proclaiming, He is the one whom God exalted to the right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey. So that's the message that they've heard. The Pharisees, the Sanhedrin with the Sadducees, the Pharisees together, that made them mad, and they wanted to kill the apostles. Now let's pick up there at verse 34. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thedius rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined up with him, but he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing." After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them or else you may even be found fighting against God. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Father God, thank you for your word. Father, I just pray now, Lord, that you would anoint me. Father, you would fill me, that you would speak through me, and that, Father, you would allow these here today to hear you, that you would allow Holy Spirit to open our eyes and illuminate your scripture and your word. Father, we just ask for your continued blessing and anointing, and Father, Lord, just that you would allow us this time in your presence. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You have your outline there if you want to follow along in your bulletin. As we, we look at the rise and the fall and understanding as I began, we talked about the rise and fall of great nations and economies around the world. Rome was at one time one of the, the largest that there was. 
and Rome fell. America has been the greatest for a long time, and maybe we're at the moment of seeing that fall. I believe we're on a, a downward spiral. But let's look at some things that we need to understand to help someone be able to rise, to help to be able to stay where they need to be. Let's look, first of all, there needs to be a time to cool off. How many of you have ever been in an argument or in a situation and you just lashed out with what you said? There is a fall of a friendship when that happens. There can be a fall of a great nation for a king sitting on the throne and he gets mad and without cooling off he lashes out or maybe he sends his men off to battle. We've seen that in the scripture. A king get mad. He didn't consult the Lord and sent his team out to go fight and they were killed. There needs to be a time to cool off. This very respected man, Gamaliel, I believe, believed that. Let's look there at verse 33. But when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. The men were before the council. They have just told them that they're going to continue to preach that Jesus Christ is resurrected, that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And they've told them more than once, you're the ones that put the Son of God on the cross. That made them mad. They were ready to kill them with no right. They couldn't kill them just because of one infraction from the law that they kept speaking and we told them not to. And Gamaliel knew there needed to be a time to cool off. So instead of keeping the argument going, he stood up and he said, put the men out for a minute. He's diffusing the situation. Can you imagine how many things would go better if in the heated moment of an argument there was a separation for just a moment, a time to cool off? I can kind of hear maybe in Gamaliel's voice, hey guys, just send them out a minute, let's stop and cool off. But we need to understand about this man Gamaliel. Many of you have probably heard him through history. Let me give you a few facts about him. His name means God is also for me. Remember, I've told you most of the time when you look in the Bible, especially Old Testament, names had meanings. A lot of them in the New Testament did. Gamaliel's name means God is also for me. But Gamaliel was the most prominent and respected member of the Pharisees. When this man spoke, people listened. When this man spoke, people stopped and paid attention. He is also a teacher, it tells us there, of the law. What is the law? It's the first five books of the Bible. You might have heard it called the Torah, but God gave the law through Moses, and those first five books are considered that. He was a leader of the school of Hillel. Hillel was a teacher of the law. Gamaliel learned under him, became well-versed in the law. He then became a teacher of the law. But let me tell you, someone that you might know that sat under the teaching of Gamaliel to show you who he is, do any of you know who Saul of Tarsus is? Does that name ring a bell? Let me bring it a little closer to home, maybe Apostle Paul. That's who Saul of Tarsus is. His teacher was Gamaliel. 
This man knew the law. He was able to teach it. He was respected. He said, hey, let's take a moment to cool off. Now, how many of you, we've been talking several weeks now about the Pharisees. How many of you really think these Pharisees are some really men that are just way out there and kind of bad men? Would you agree with some of the things we've heard? They're trying to stop them, talk about Jesus. We're trying to get them to shut down about this. They're bad people. Can I maybe call you a Pharisee? Now, just hold off before you start throwing tomatoes. Listen to what the Pharisees believed and see if maybe that's not us. The name Pharisee means that they were separated ones. They were Jews dedicated and took a passionate, proactive stance against the propagation of Greek culture known as Hellenism. You've heard of a Hellenistic Jew. That is a Jew, a Greek, that had become Jew. They were trying to stop this infiltration of the Greek and other corrupting aspects. Okay, well, they had their way of believing things, so that's what they wanted to do. But here it is. Listen to these and see if maybe you don't agree with this. They were the group of Jews who believed in the resurrection of the dead. They believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They believed in the immortality of the soul. They believed in eternal reward and eternal punishment. They believed in angelic and demonic activity. They had a careful balance of divine sovereignty and human responsibility. They affirmed entirely of the Hebrew Scripture, the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, and the writings. That was their Bible at the time. They didn't have the New Testament. And they believed that it was divine revelation. That was their beliefs. How many of you in here believe and are willing to stand up that you believe in the resurrection of the dead, that Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead, and one day we're going to raise from the dead? How many of you believe in the immortality of the soul, that after death the soul is going somewhere, either heaven or hell? How many of you believe that there is eternal reward or eternal punishment depending upon what choices you've made in life? How many of you believe that there is angelic and demonic activity? It's all around us. We believe, and how many of you believe, in the divine sovereignty and the human responsibility? How do we look at that today? We understand that God is sovereign and God is in all control but we also believe that it is up to the human to make the decision to accept God's calling. God doesn't just say, I pick you, you have no choice, you're going to be a Christian. We believe in the sovereignty of God, and we believe a human has a responsibility to accept that. Do you believe that? How many of you would say, if I was to ask you, would you affirm that this is divine revelation right here? It's exactly what the Pharisees were. This thing coming in of what these men were talking about. In, in their mind, it was kind of going against what they believed, and they were fixing to stick their heels in the ground and stand their ground. We have things coming in our culture today. Muslims, Antifa, all these different beliefs. How many of you are willing to stand your heel in the ground for what you believe? That's us. Unfortunately, we have all of the truth before us and we can make that decision. 
But so often I want to, in my own way, crucify these Pharisees, but they're doing exactly what we do. They had the same beliefs we do. They just didn't have the full picture, I don't believe, that we did. And they began to add their own things because they wanted to have some stuff. These Pharisees were known for their laws. They took the Mosaic law, and they began to add to that and to make it more, and that's where they lived. So you have the Pharisees, which is on the right side of this Sanhedrin. They believe different than the Sadducees did. But yet they're ready to kill these people. And Gamaliel said there needs to be a time to cool off. Let's send the men out. And secondly, there needs to be a time to think. Come on, husband and wife. How many times has there been a heated discussion in your house? And the best choice of action would have been to take a few moments, cool off, and think about the situation. It happens in mine and it happens in yours too. But for the rise and the fall, we don't want to fall. We've got to rise and understand that there needs to be a time to cool off. There needs to be a a time to think. And I believe Gamaliel gave them some very good advice. Let's look there in the scripture as Luke is recording here, verse 35. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. Let me put this in in my language. Watch out what you're fixing to do. People are watching. You don't have a right, and you better be careful. Pay attention, he says, to what you're fixing to do to these men. And then verse 36, for some time ago, Thedius rose up claiming to be somebody and a group of about 400 men joined up with him, but he was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the day of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished and all those who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. He said, think about it, guys. What we've seen already in the past, there's been someone that's tried to rise up and and to be a leader, and a few men followed him. But it was an act of man, and shortly after that, it went to nothing. After him, another man rose up, and he thought he was going to be great. He had people follow him, and nothing happened. And I believe when we look at life today, we can see that. There's things that rise, and then they quickly fall. When we decide what we want to follow, we need to understand what rises and falls and what rises and doesn't fall. He says, look, there's... Either two things are going to happen, and that's the way it is in life. Either these men are doing things of man, and just give it time. It's going to fall. It's going to stumble away. You've seen businesses that want to begin to act in ways that they shouldn't, and they don't last long. They begin to do things against God's will. Sometimes they last longer than others, but when their principles come out, they'll fall, and we see it all around us. And then he says, but... But if these men are not doing this based on man, 
and it's of God, there's not a thing you can do about it. Least you be found fighting against God. When we begin to make actions, we need to stop and to cool off. We need to stop and think. You know, with what's going on all around us today, it would be so easy for me to get up here and I could hype us up to have a lot of hate going on in what's in this world. You turn on the news, that's what they want. They want you to be hyped up. They want you to be ready. We see it on TV. Someone goes and what do they do? They throw a brick through a Walmart window front, and all of a sudden a mob of people come and they smash it down and they begin to grab TVs and computers and they run out all in the name of something that happened to someone else. has nothing to do with that. People follow a crowd. When the hype is up, if you don't take time to cool off and think, you know, I, I believe if some of those that were in that group would stop just a moment and really think about what they're doing, it doesn't make any sense. But there is the rise and the fall, and we have to consider the options. And for these Pharisees, they needed to consider, you can either punish these men, kill them, And everyone's going to look at you because you're supposed to be the leader of the law and you're killing someone without the law's consent. Or you can take these men and just think about that they're going to come up and they'll fall. Or maybe, just maybe they're doing the right thing. And then you don't want to be on the other side. And thirdly, there's a time to speak. There is a time to speak. Look at verse 40. The Pharisees have now cooled off. They've taken time to think about the situation. And they took his advice. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. There was a time. The Sanhedrin had to make a decision. They had given them a a rule and they broke that rule. And they decided they would flog them. Now this is the same type of flogging that our Savior went through. Let me explain that to you just a little bit. Most of the time, a flogging would have been 39 lashes. They are commanded, or the sentence is 40 lashes, but they would always do 40 minus 1 in case someone got off in the counting process because if they were to do more than 40, they would have broken the law. This 40 lashes was determined to be uh, to what a body could withstand without dying or being permanently injured. A weight of a person could reduce it. If it was a little lady, if it was someone uh, like Nicole, then the lashes would probably be smaller. They would not be as much. Her body could not withstand the same thing. This was a brutal thing. They would take them out. They would rip their shirt off of them. Their hands would be tied on opposite sides of a pole. The shirt was ripped off to expose the back and the chest. And I didn't know this before today, but when they would begin to do these floggings, there would be 13 lashes to the chest and 26 to the back. Most of the time it was a three-corded leather strip with glass and rocks and stuff like that in it. And if a person was to defecate, 
then the lashes would stop at that point because they figured it was enough. Their goal was not to kill them. Their goal was to teach them a lesson. The apostles were given this flogging. But the apostles have also had a time to cool off. They've had a time to think. And it was now their turn to speak. Let's listen to what theirs was. Verse 41. So they went on their way from the presence of the council. Does your Bible say rejoicing right there? Or something along that line? They've just been flogged 13 times on the chest, 29 times on the back, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. It was their time to speak. And they said, regardless of men, I'm going to continue to speak the truth. Regardless of man, I'm going to continue to share the gospel. Regardless of men, I'm going to continue to give witness to what has happened in my life because they were eyewitnesses to what happened to Jesus Christ and his resurrection and his healing. The power of the Holy Spirit had come upon them. They were being the church. Remember, the church was commanded to go and to share the gospel, starting where? In Jerusalem. And that's what we've been seeing. Through persecution, these men are getting opportunities to share the gospel that would otherwise be an opportunity. I don't believe that Peter and John and these other apostles could have just went up and called the Sanhedrin together and say, hey guys, I need the leaders of the Jews to come together so we can tell you about Jesus Christ and what he's done. They would not have had that opportunity. But because they're doing what God says, God is allowing them to go through this persecution and it is opening doors for them to share the gospel. The rise and the fall, the Sanhedrin fell. But the rise of Jesus Christ, church, will never fall. The rise of the Christian church, the born-again believers of Jesus Christ, will never fall. Well, yes, we will fall, but not like that, because there's going to come a day that we fall on our knees before the Savior. But the fall or the abolition, the doing away of the Christian church will never happen because it's not of men. This is right where we are today. I believe we're right in the rise. There's a time that we need to cool off. When we look at what's going on around us, there is room, listen to me closely, there is room for righteous anger with what's happening. What is happening in America and around the world is against God's word. There is room for righteous anger. There is not any room whatsoever for hate in our life. If there ever comes hate, then we're on the fall side. We can be disappointed. We can pray for these people. We can hope that God finds them. But we need to, when we look at that, 
We need to, first of all, take a moment when you turn that TV on and you see that stuff and your face turns red, there's steam shooting out your ears, hair standing up on your head at what's going on. We need an opportunity to cool off for just a moment because many of these are acting with the information that they have. Before we throw the first stone and cast the judgment against the Pharisees out there, remember we lined up a lot like these Pharisees that we're reading in the Bible. They need to be prayed for. We need a time to think. You know, I believe that most of what's going on in the world today is because so many in the world today do not know the love of Jesus Christ. There's something in them that they're seeking for, that they're trying to find, and they're doing whatever they can, which is never enough to fill that void until Jesus Christ comes in. But we do need to take an opportunity to speak. We're being persecuted. The church is being persecuted. Christians are being persecuted. And what does that do? But it's giving us an opportunity to speak up. Are we willing to be a Christian and cower down to the persecution? Or are we willing to be a Christian and take the stance regardless that we're going to share the message? There are people all around us that are willing to listen right now, that are willing to look at us, because people around know who profess to be a Christian. They're looking to see what our life is going to do. Do we still have hope? Do we just throw it all out? Do we keep going? We have to speak up. I had a great opportunity just the other day in a, a restaurant down the road, a, a new waiter named Hector. Works there at the little Mexican restaurant. He found out the other ladies there told him that I was a pastor at a church up the road, and I began to explain. He began to ask questions. He was interested. Most of those, when you go into a Mexican restaurant, they don't want to know what we have to say because they have their own religion. They have their own beliefs, but he was interested, and I hope for more opportunities to talk to him, and very maybe one day he'll come here. He seemed interested. If he's off one time when we're open, maybe he'll come, but we have to speak. What message are we speaking? Remember I asked you the question at the beginning, what is the most important message in the world? It's right there on the screen for you, David, if you'll give us that one. There's the most important message, Jesus Christ. Regardless of what's on the news, the answer is Jesus Christ. Regardless what's going on around the world, the answer is Jesus Christ. Regardless of what's going on in your family, the answer is Jesus Christ. Regardless what's going on in your life, the most important message and the answer is Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes in, things change. And when we take Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, our life changes. If the Lord was the Lord of every heart in this world, we would not be experiencing what we are right now. Regardless of what we see on TV, regardless of who we put the bullseye on as the enemy, that's just the act of Satan. The battle is between Jesus Christ and Satan. Our battle is not against whatever you want to fill in the blank with. 
Our battle is against Satan. And church, we have to have Jesus Christ in our life to be able to fight this battle. And the only place we fight this battle is on our knees in prayer and in God's word and seeking him. And I believe that we're going to see a change. I don't think our world will ever go back. I, I love hearing people say this. I'll just be glad when it gets back to the way it was. It's kind of like when you have a death in a family. There's never going back to the way it was. And how many people are so excited to get back to the way it was are the same ones that were just saying, I'm sick and tired of what's going on. Maybe, you know, we can't ever be satisfied. But I believe we're going to see something different come out of this. I believe that Christians who feel the calling of Holy Spirit that are born-again believers are going to come out stronger Christians because we're going to have to learn what it means to be persecuted. In America, we have become so comfortable because we don't have persecution like we see around the world. I believe we're going to see more persecution, but I believe it's going to make us stronger, and you're going to begin to see the Christians rise as they take a stand, and it makes a difference because the people around might want to think it's about men, but verse 39, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Whatever goes on, they cannot overthrow God. They cannot overtake us as believers. The very absolute worst thing that could happen to us, as some people would say, is to kill us for what we believe. Now, let me let you understand this. I'm not ready to, I'm not rushing things, okay? But do you know what happens when someone kills me? I get to go see Jesus, amen? Now, I'm not saying we're all saying amen, hey, shoot, come shoot me. But when Jesus is in our life, we can take a stance, and regardless of what happens, we know that our Savior loves us and that our Savior is going to walk through and that one day we are going to be able to be with him. There is the rise and the fall. I do not believe that America will be around forever. I don't believe anything in this world will be around forever. There will be the fall of mankind, but there is the rise of Jesus Christ, and he will always, always be on top, and that's who I'm following after, amen? The important message is Jesus Christ. The rise and the fall of mankind up and down, nations up and down, but when Jesus rises and he stands up, and the trumpet sounds. He's already won. And I'm looking forward to that day that I can see him. So remember, when you're watching TV, listening on the radio, if you're out and about somewhere, take time to cool off before you react in a situation. Take time to think about what's actually happening and then, and only then, speak, but speak love, speak Jesus Christ, speak peace. Amen.
Now you bow your head.